gospel reading for tonight is from Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability, and he went on his journey. Immediately the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received the two talents gained two more. But he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Also the one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I have gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one also who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid and went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. But his master answered and said to him, you wicked, lazy slave, you knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I ga scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank, and on my arrival I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has, more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away." Throw out the worthless slave into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The word of the Lord. You know, when you're like a preacher like myself... Uh, and you preach from the Bible, you spend a lot of time trying to convince people that God and Jesus aren't super mean. <laughs> More than I'd like to, actually, you know. Um, but you have, a, you, know, you have a parable like this, and it's just like, what, I mean, all these we've been preaching on, these parables in Matthew, they've been, they've been horrible, they've been difficult. And next week... We get to separate the sheeps and the goats, you know? So come and give a guy a break here, you know? But so these parables here that I'm going to preach on today, well, actually, I'm going to check this out. Can you check this out? Okay, thank you. Check it out. Check it out. I like to hear that. Now, there's two parables, the one that was just read and the one from last week, and they're like totally linked together, you know, because it says, for it is as if. That's right. For it is as if. That's how they're linked together. For it is as if. But anyway, on the first read, both of these parables, you know, they make Jesus look like a total waz. I mean, be, but you read a little deeper, you read a little deeper, and they're totally describing the kingdom of heaven, which I know that's what they say they're describing. But 
you know, chapter 25 starts out even right, right? The kingdom of heaven is like. But, you know, on the first reading, I mean, these parables make the kingdom of heaven look like a total waz fest, you know? Like the kingdom of heaven is only for, like, you type A super prepared types or investment bankers and everybody else can go to hell. You know what I'm talking about here? Or the outer darkness or weeping and gnashing of teeth. All right, let me just cover that right now, okay? Right off the bat. Like, okay, this is an exaggeration. Outer darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth. And it'd be so much easier if we could just say that it's like, it's a metaphor. You know, it's a metaphorical exaggeration. It's like, I mean, technically, uh, in the business, we refer to it as a, a metaphor-jaggeration. Um, but I don't want to get too technical on you here today. Um, but, you know, you'll see other of these metaphor-exaggerations in the parable. So, um, okay, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Let's get to the non-wazified reading of these texts then, all right? Just don't keep, you know, going on about this. Well, all right, calm down, okay? It makes me nervous when you're like that, okay? Don't pressure me. Okay, parable one. It's the one from last week. I don't know if you remember it. I'll kind of go over it briefly for you here. The kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids, they take their lamp, and they went out to meet the bridegroom, right? And it says five are wise and five are foolish. Foolish. You see that? Do you see that? You will. Foolish. I don't know, though. Foolish, okay, because they didn't bring extra oil. The other ones, it says, you know, that are the, uh, that are the what? The, the wise ones, not the foolish ones, they all bring extra oil. Like more oil is better um, all the time. You always need more oil. Well, the wise ones, they're oil rich, right? Oil rich. They bring the extra oil, so when the bridegroom comes, came, bridegroom finally came, and the foolish bridesmaids were like, we're out of oil, you see? And the wise maids are like, you know, go get some more. And the foolish maids are like, no, couldn't you just share your oil? Want to share your oil? Um, maybe we could like double up on the lamps or something like that, like we planned it. And no, the wise maids, they're like, get your own oil, you know? Go to the oil dealer. But it's like midnight? And like, <laughs> you know what, the 24-hour oil dealer? Or, you know, is there like, an all-night oil market? No, I don't think so. But what choice do these foolish maids have? They don't have any choice, so they just go, right? They go, and of course, while they're gone, groom shows up, right? The groom shows up, and they all, like, what, probably meet the groom and parade into the big party, or maybe they prance, I'm guessing, doesn't it seem like they prance into the party and have a big party there? The foolish maids, they didn't find any oil. They come back, they knock on the door, they're like, we're the foolish maids. Um, we didn't get any. Could you just let us in? And the bride, the groomsman, he's like, opens the door, but just a little bit, you know? And he looks out and he's like, I don't know you. I don't know you. You know, they say, come on, come on, let us in. And he's like, not by the hair of my chinny, chin, chin. I don't even know who you are, you know? So then Jesus says, keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Like, you foolish maids were asleep on the job, you didn't plan, so you're like out of the kingdom of heaven. That's it. The Lord doesn't even know you. That's messed up. I think, totally, that's the messed up kingdom of heaven right there. Then Jesus goes on to tell the next parable as sort of a further explanation of what just happened. It says, for as if, for it is as if, the parable that follows Clearly, some sort of explanation of what Jesus had just said. And Jesus had just said, as you know, keep awake, for you neither know the day or the hour. This is the conclusion of that parable I just told you about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. To keep awake, therefore, you know neither the day or the hour, 
That's like telling you how you should live in light of the kingdom of heaven. Hold on. Thanks. I really actually spilled that by accident, and I just realized that after I was taking a drink, and so I had to fake it. I hope that... <laughs> yeah. yeah, let me get that again. Um, yeah. So how should we live inside the kingdom of heaven? This parable is going to like tell us how we should do that. You know, Jesus never comes right out and says the kingdom of heaven is, which is weird because he talks about the kingdom of heaven more than anything else. I don't know why he would just not come out and say it. He says the kingdom of heaven is like or sort of like. It's a little bit like this. And then he tells some odd story, like the ones we're hearing tonight, that at first seem not to clarify the issue, but to confuse it. Like, for instance, this parable that was read here tonight. This parable of the talents that Jesus is like, what, what is it saying? It's like Jesus is leaving, but he's going to return and under, usher in the future of the kingdom of heaven. Until then, he's going to bestow upon us the gift of free market capitalism, which we should dedicate ourselves to, you know, so when he comes back, we have made him a healthy prophet, you know, which is kind of crazy. At least you should show a little minimal gain through compound interest, you know, or else, you know, go to hell, right? Totally wazzed up, man. Um, no, this isn't about money. This whole thing isn't even, even though there's a lot of money at stake here, a talent, you know what a talent is? A talent is an 80-pound sack of gold. Really, it's a lot of money. All these things he's talking about here, a talent is like 20 years some, some salary, so all this, he's talking about 120 years worth of salary that he's handing out to these people. That is an outrageous amount of money, given that this is not even a cash-based society. Like, how does the master who's going away even get that much money? You know, but this isn't really about the money. This is about something more important. And even though the denomination of the money is called the talent, Jesus is not talking about talent. No, it's just an unfortunate coincidence in the English translation, which reads to some really bad readings of this text. Almost as bad as, uh, like, the one about free market capitalism. No, the whole key to this thing is the metaphor imagination of the money. You know, the amount of money that the master gives out is so over the top. It's practically like saying he gave them a zillion billion dollars, you know? The original hearers of the story, they probably would have laughed when Jesus made that, told them about that amount of money in the parable. And what's even more outrageous is that these two slaves, they double their money. How are they going to double their money? They can't, I mean, the master gives them a bazillion jillion dollars and they double it? How does that even work, you know? Like, there's no stock market. No, there's no stock market. And the Torah forbids them from charging interest, so they're not loaning it out. And even if that was the plan, there's just simply not that many people around. You know, and there's no like, there's no, they can't buy low and sell high. There's no commodities futures market. The idea that they are doubling their money would have practically made the original hearers of this parable giddy. It's like ridiculous. The amount of money is ridiculous and doubling it is even more ridiculous. Yeah, so the kingdom of heaven is not about type A, plan-y type people with a healthy supply of oil. And the kingdom of heaven is, is not even just, you know, for investment bankers and everyone can go to hell, everyone can go to hell. That's not what the kingdom is like. No, the kingdom of heaven is like the matrix. <laughs> Wait, no, but, but like a good matrix, I think. Okay, will you please forget that I said the matrix thing? 
right. No, just forget. Please, just please. No, I didn't forget that. It's not like that at all. I don't think. I'm really thirsty. Um, no, check this out. All right, check this out. Here's what this parable is about. This parable is about the Torah, the law of Moses, which is often talked about as the greatest treasure that Israel has. God has given this amazing, abundant, ridiculous, over-the-top treasure to Israel. It's, it's the Torah, the law that's given to them by God. And the gift of the law makes them distinct from other people. It's God's promise to them that they will be God's people and God will be their God. It's this amazing, outrageous treasure. But it's also talked about as a yoke around their necks, a great burden. Because the law of God is entrusted to them to protect. It's up to them to guard it and make sure that it's not defiled or watered down or compromised. That's the great treasure that's being talked about in this parable. And the original hearers, they would have known that. So over many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, there's always been this great debate about this whole gift burden thing of the law. What does it really mean? There's strong traditions that say, like, a fence should be built around the law so nobody can transgress it. We need to keep it safe. We need to, like, you know, keep it contained so nobody will even come close to it. But then other people say, no, it's not about keeping it really safe or almost like burying it. No, there's this strong tradition that says that the gift, it's a gift, and it needs to be like shared abundantly, like read and proclaimed and practiced. You know, God blesses the people of Israel with this gift so they could bless the whole world with it. Some ancient rabbis even believe that the more Torah is read, the more God's mercy is released into the world. It seems that the kingdom of heaven is marked by the Torah being shared abundantly for some people, producing more and more kingdom of, like, heavenness, you know? Making it more out in the world. It's not about protecting it or limiting it or containing it. Um, it's not like that. I mean, this is the debate that's going on inside this parable here. Here, here, here. I need a drink. Um, let me get back to the beginning here. I want to go back to the first part, the first parable. It starts out, the kingdom of heaven is like... What is it like? It's not like a wedding banquet. That's not what it says here. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like ten maids. Wait. The kingdom of heaven is not a place. It's not a place. It's a way. It's an alternative way. It's a way that's alternative to the way of this world. And so let's look at this parable again. This is not like this wedding that's like full of fun and romance at all. This is not a wedding that is all about Love. This is a property exchange, is what it is. That's what a wedding is like that. And these girls out there with their lamp, I mean, they're like 10 years old, between 10 and 15 years old. It is midnight, you know? And their friend is probably the one getting married, and you think she's all, like, excited? No, she's probably, like, 13, and some dude is going to come and pick her up and take her away from her family's home. And so all her friends are all, like, they have to be out there with the oil thing, you know, because that's like what it says you're supposed to do for this proper ritual, for this exchange of property. But they don't want to do it, so they go out there. And these ones who don't bring the extra oil, well, they're probably upset or they're like, they're, they're kids, you know, they forget. So they're all out there and they're not like, you know, jumping around. They're like, their feet are cold, you know, and they're scared. It's dark and they got the oil thing, but they got to be there when that man comes to take away their friend at this wedding banquet thing. So they're out there, but they're scared. And then all of a sudden, 
the man comes, the bride comes, and they're all like, you know, well, what are we going to do? And then the, the little kids, you know, probably like, well, we don't have enough oil. And they're like, let us have enough, give us some of your oil. And the wives are like, get away from me. You're going to get me in trouble too. Just stop it. Get away from me. Go get your own. So they go off because they have to. And then the groom shows up and they go into this big house and shut those big doors, you know. And like, they probably had these wise, wise, supposedly wise bridesmaids. They probably had like, their little sisters were probably some of these foolish, foolish bridesmaids. And they're out in the dark and and they're, they're separated. These friends have been friends for life. And these wise, supposedly wise ones aren't in there like having a party. They're in there like, oh, wh- wh- where's our friends? You know, they're out in the dark. And our friends are going to take them away. And it's the whole, this whole community is like divided, you know. Some are on the inside and some are on the outside. And, and maybe, well, see, it says in the end that Jesus says this, not the groomsmen. Jesus says, you need to be aware Because you do not know the day or the hour when you will have a choice whether you're going to live according to the way of the kingdom of this world or you're going to live according to the way of the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven would say, I'm not going along with this property exchange. The kingdom of heaven says, oil, bring oil out here. You know what I'll do? I'm going to light this oil up and I'm going to throw them at that big closed door. I'm not going to play along with the way of this world. You're given a choice to go along with the kingdom of heaven, which says, I don't know, the girls all get together, they run in there, they get their friend, and they get out of there. They don't let some man take them away. So then he goes on to take this, this next parable that's supposedly supposed to explain all that. And it does. Because that guy with the one talent who hid it in the ground, he's like these conservative rabbis, like these Pharisees who say, we're going to, no, we have to protect the purity of the law, and we're going to like hide it and keep it, and it's going to be an intense thing that you can't even, you've got to obey all these rules because you don't even want to come close to violating any of these rules. But the two, supposedly with this ridiculous amount of money, which can only be talking about the gift of the Torah, it's so, they go out and they just, they just hold it and spend it abundantly. And crazy thing, it doubles and doubles and doubles and doubles. So you never know when you're going to be called upon to pledge your allegiance to the way of this world or to exercise the abundance of the kingdom of heaven that calls us not to measure each other by worth, not to act out of fear, but to act out of the abundance of the kingdom of heavenness, of the mercy and the love which we receive.